Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. Let's bow our head and pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for your blessings. We thank you for this time, Lord, where we can come to you. We can be real with you. Where we can pray, where we can petition, where we can thank you and we can, Lord, offer our praise to you. God, we thank you, Lord, where we can come and we can sing where we can lift our voices together, where we can come and give our tithes and give our offerings, where we can worship You. And Father, we thank You for this time that we can come together at a set time and a set place and Lord, have the Word of God opened. And Father, we pray that, Lord, unless You change the direction that that set time is now, we ask you, God, that you would honor it, honor your word. Father, we pray that you'd have your will and your way. We ask you to help the hearts of your people. We pray that you would encourage those that are discouraged. Strengthen those, Lord, that need a helping hand. Father, we pray that you would help those, Lord, that their eyes, Lord, have been blinded or dimmed. God, we pray today that you would move in a mighty way among your people. We've, we, Father, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes chapter number 7. I want to read verse number 10. And then I want to go back to chapter number 3 and read several verses. And uh, then I'm going to do what uh, what I've, I've mentioned before. I don't particularly like to do, uh, but I'm going to preach a, a topical message today. And uh, so we're going to be going some other places. We'll reference back to a few of these passages. But uh, verse number 10, Ecclesiastes Chapter number 7, say not thou, what is the course, that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. So there's a question there at the beginning of verse number 10. The writer is asking, do you not say what is the cause that the former days were better than these? Now, if we'll look back in chapter number 3, and we'll read these first eight verses. We read these just a few weeks ago, kind of in passing. But we'll read these just to kind of concrete our stand this morning. It says in verse number 1, "...to everything there is a season." And a time to every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, 
a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. I find it peculiar that last night Lori was speaking to someone first through text and then over the phone, and the word season came up many, many different times. And uh, the individual kept saying that I'm in a season of, or we're in a season of, our family's in a season of, and I just kind of found it comical, and then uh, kind of tying all of these verses together uh, early this morning, uh, that this just happened to come up there, especially in verse number one, that there is a season. And uh, so, as we began Sunday school this morning, Brother David, uh, he didn't teach out of Ecclesiastes, but he talked about uh, there being, they talked about a time, really. And uh, he talked about today and then the rest of our lives. Well, if the Lord will help us this morning, I want to preach on this thought, the best day of the year. The best day of the year. Now, if you're anything like me, you're going to always, uh, no matter how good today is, no matter how bright your future is, you're always going to look at your yesterdays. You're always going to look at your past. It's, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I don't study human nature, but I would guess that it is human nature. It is in human nature to look at our past and determine our present and plan for our future. Uh, I feel like it has to be somewhat innate or inborn for us. Uh, we say that hindsight is twenty twenty. We say that we must learn from our mistakes. Well, how can we learn from our mistakes? We must, Tanya, you got that baby. Good not a living. You're just rubbing it in, smiling, rocking that baby. We must learn from our mistakes. That was a rabbit just jumped up right I blew its head, slap off. We must learn from our mistakes, Kurt. The only way to do that is to look back at our mistakes. And so as we, as we look at these passages, a, a time to die, a time to be born, a, a time to plant, to pluck up, a time to kill, a time to heal, to break down, to build up. But then in our first text verse, um, the writer says, uh, he says, do you not say, say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? He says, why are you saying that yesterday is better than today? He finished this verse and he says, for thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. He says, doing this, con- 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 considering yesterday as better than today, he says, that's not very wise to do. And so there's a lot of us that we look back on our successes and we cheer ourselves and we look back on our past losses and our mistakes and we condemn ourselves. And, and I believe that's, uh, that's human nature to do so. Uh, but the writer here, I believe it's Solomon, he tells us that there is something better that we must do. And I believe that the, 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 uh, the, the subject this morning is to embrace today. 
We do know that we have all had a yesterday or we wouldn't be here today. But we are not promised on this life a tomorrow. I've said it time and time again, Nick, that we are promised a tomorrow. It could be here, but if you're saved, it may be in heaven. But if you're lost, your tomorrow may be in hell. Uh, But this morning, I want us to know that today is the best day of the year. And uh, Matthew Henry wrote this. He said, it is folly to cry upon the goodness of former times, as if former ages had not the like things to complain about that we have. This arises from discontentment and aptness to quarrel with God himself. In essence, Matthew Henry says uh, that we are so glad to to uh, consider with gladness all of the things that happened yesterday, but we're quarreling with God about the blessings of today. Uh, the truth of the matter is today, everyone in here woke up alive, and everyone in here woke up with breath in your lungs Awoke up with sight in your eyes. Awoke up with walking in your feet. I'm about to have a fit. You woke up being able to feel with your hands. You woke up with blood in your veins. You woke up with a beat in your heart. How you woke up with words coming out of your mouth. How this morning you woke up being blessed by the mighty hand of God today. And if we're not careful, we'll consider all of the things of yesterday, whether high or low. And we'll depend on those things to dictate what today is rather than the blessings that we woke up with today. We'll get to consider, and I'm guilty about this, we, we consider tomorrow and, and we think about our calendar. I was looking at the calendar uh, in, in, that I passed out today and uh, looking at it this morning as I was typing it up. And, and I was looking at the calendar this week as some things coming up. And Lori and I have been talking just about some things coming up with our family. The holidays are upon us and we got to travel and got to do this and got to do that. And thinking, man alive, I telling you, everything's hitting all at once, it seems like. But Brother Stanley, I don't know why we get so excited about it every single year. Because every single year, Thanksgiving comes, Christmas comes, New Year's comes. It should not be a surprise that it's going to come again. I don't understand it. But every year we act as though, wait, wait a minute, the fourth Thursday is Thanksgiving of November. we, We act like it's a surprise every year. But we look at our tomorrows, we look at the future, and did I say that wrong? Everybody on front pews laughing, like preacher done dummy again. I, did I say it wrong? No, okay. Oh, it comes fast, okay. I, sh- I should have listened to her, should have let her write the message this morning. But we look at our me- our calendars and we look at our plans and we let our future, now some of you planners, Miss Tanya Brother David said that you're a planner. My wife is a planner, and, and I know, and I'm not being mean to my wife, but she will get so overwhelmed about what's coming up in the next few months that today she'll be so defeated. And I, I'm trying to help you as much. I'm her pastor as much as I am y'all's pastor. And if I ain't careful, I'll do the same thing, Brother Jody. And I'll get to thinking about all the things coming up this, this Monday or Tuesday, this past Monday or Tuesday. I said, don't forget about the nursing home this Thursday. And, and the reason I did that is because I forgot about it. And I, and I started panicking about it. And guess what? 
We had, we had Tuesday night at the meeting. We had Wednesday night at church. We had Thursday there. But there was something else that popped up Thursday that I might not make it there. And overwhelmingly, Brother David, I, was, I, I know that you're kind of in a bind down there. So I was trying to make sure things were clear just in case. And I was, I was like, man, I need to be ready to grunt just in case something happens at any moment. And I was in a tizzy the whole week waiting on something to break, something to call. But today ought to be the best day of our lives. Let me give you just this. Y'all can write this down. I don't know who said it, but I wrote it down and I liked it. If you're not satisfied about how today is, do something about it. That ain't deep. That probably won't make the newspaper. But it'll help you. If you're not satisfied, do something about it. So, what is so good about today? We're dealing with this thought. I'm going to give you these three things and I'm gone. The best day of the year. Number one, today is the day of salvation. Today. I want you to know today. If you can't experience what we've sang about about being redeemed. If you can't, if, if you've never experienced the grace that they have sang about, if you don't know what it means to, to truly be a child of God, I want you to know that today is the day of salvation. Today is the best day of your life. Over in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse number 2, Paul says, We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For He saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Y'all know I, I, I've been public about this. Uh, I kind of I used to hunt with my daddy when I was a little boy, and then I guess maybe now three years ago, brother David invited me to to go hunting with him, and and I kind of got that bug again. I ain't crazy like some of y'all, and and you know put war paint all over you and and all this kind of stuff. But I like to go hunting, and I was so excited I was going to go hunting yesterday. Brother Jim said it ain't hunting season, dummy. He didn't say it quite like that, but, you know, he was nicer. But Brother Jim can say anything, and it sounds mean. He's just blessed that way. Maybe that's just me. I just hear it like that. But he, he, said, he said it's not hunting season. He said, you need to check your calendar again. He said it ain't hunting season yet. But I was ready. So what did I do? I went and checked the calendar, and it was not now. Now, I guess, was it bow, bow season right now? I don't know. I have no idea. I can't shoot no bow and arrow. That thing, it'll go straight up in the air, put me right in the head. I can't shoot no bow and arrow. But long about Saturday, I think, is when it, David helped me. It's Saturday, regular gun season. Okay. So, Saturday, you can't, you can't do it. I ain't even talking to you. 
we'll go visit you behind bars. Saturday, some of us are going to be in a deer stand somewhere. And we're going to look down no matter what time of day it is. Now. Now. It's gun season. It's deer season. It's in season. Solomon said, for everything there is a season. Paul said, now, I love this. Solomon said to everything there is a season. <laughs> but because of the grace of God, Rachel. <laughs> because of what he experienced on that road to Damascus. Because of the gospel that Paul received. He said, now. It doesn't matter if it's a week from now. It doesn't matter if it's a month from now or ten years from now. If God's dealing with your heart, it is now. And he said, it is the time, the season of salvation. So today is the best day of the year. It is the day of salvation. The price for our salvation has already been paid. There is absolutely nothing left to do other than you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I've said it time and time again. We, we, we try to, 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 to overcomplicate salvation. And yes, you do have to repent. And, and yes, you do have to forsake those things. But I'm telling you, if you will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, then repenting will be absolutely no issue. Because when you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will automatically repent. That means to turn away from those things. And so it is not of several acts that you must do. You must simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And all of those other things will happen. There's no sense in trying to complicate it. We're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. And, and Christ upon Himself has taken our sin and He's taken our place upon Calvary. He's paid the penalty. And now all you have to do is believe upon the Lord. You know this in Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. Oh my goodness, I'm so glad that he put that little caveat in there. I'm glad he says, in that not of yourselves. I'm glad this morning, Brother Jim, he said that no matter how good you've been, no matter how bad you've been, no matter how thick your wallet is, or no matter how thin it is, or no matter how big your building is, no matter how many you got on the pew, no matter how far a distance it is to the altar, or how far away from God you may be. There's nothing within you. And there's nothing that you can do to, to, to earn the grace of God. But I'm glad it's only through Him. For by grace are you saved. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Here in a couple of months it's going to be, it's going to be Christmas. and People give gifts at Christmas. It's going to be I think, when's your birthday? The 28th? And you're going to be 29. 
Now, y'all, his birthday's on the 28th. I'm trying to help you. His birthday's on the 28th, but he's going to be 29. Okay, so he needs 29 candles on his birthday cake on the 28th. Okay, I'm trying to help you. But when y'all give him gifts on the 28th for his 29th birthday, when you give a gift, you're not expecting anything in exchange. Matter of fact, you're giving a gift because of something in your heart for the person that you're giving it to. For God so loved the world that He gave His only... It is a gift of God. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. I'm glad this morning, Brother Kurt, I don't know if I'll get you anything for your birthday or not. I'm trying to help them help you. I don't know what I'm going to do. But if I do, it's going to be because I love you. But I'm glad. I know it was 2,000 years ago. But for all intents and purposes, it was 31 years ago when God... When God gave me a gift that I did not earn and could not earn, but He gave it freely to me. And He, if you're lost here today, He gives it freely to you. And all you have to do is accept it. That's all you have to do. I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta hurry. This, this can be the day that your eternity with Christ begins. John 3, 36. He that believeth on the Son. What did I tell you? What did I tell you you had to do to be saved? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. What's John 3, 36 says? He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Not will have he. This is not proper. He do have. He does have, if that makes y'all feel better. He already do have. It's in his possession. It's his. If you, Nick, if you believe on the Lord, you have him. First John chapter number five, verse number twelve. He that hath the Son hath life. If you have the Son, you already have life. The Lord is knocking on somebody's heart today. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice. Are you hearing the Lord? If any man hear my voice and open the door, He said, I will come into him and we'll sup with him. And he with me. If you'll just, if, if you'll listen and you'll open the door, he said he will come in. And he will sup with you. And you will sup with him. Today is the best day of the year. It's the day of salvation. Number two, it's the day of full surrender. And I know I'm talking to the choir. I know I'm preaching to the choir this morning. I don't talk to, I, 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 there, there might be five days over the course of the last five years that I have talked to other preachers about our church. 
And I, my hand up, my hand up before God, it's never been anything negative. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm telling this publicly, but I thank God for that. Brother David, you don't know, you don't know how blessed I was this morning when you was talking about your daddy and the battles that he fought down there. And you talked about your mama saying, I don't have anything. Not one time since we've been here have we ever looked at one another and said, we don't know what we're going to do. Not one time. Oh my goodness, we, we've we've had we might have had little little issues maybe here or there that we've had to had to have a little conversation with folks here and there, but that's nothing. That's nothing. That's nothing compared to the previous thirty five years and battles that that Brother Den has had to face. And I'm not going on hearsay. I'm going on Brother Brother Dent and I have talked about some of these things. But I want you to know something. It thrills my heart to no end. Not to hear people say, Preacher, pray for me. My church is going through. And then they begin to say it. And then they say, I'm, I'm so sorry. How's everything at your church? And I get to brag. <laughs> I, get, I get to testify. Brag's probably the wrong word. But I get to testify about the goodness that God has shown to our little church. And I'm not just I'm not just saying that I'm being dead serious. So when I, I'm saying that to say this, today is the day of full surrender. I know who I'm talking to this morning, but I still want you to know whether it's in the pew or in the pulpit, there is room for more full surrender. There is room. There might be just one little place, one little part of our heart that we've not fully surrendered it to God. And that's the one little part that I want you to let go and give it to God this morning over in the book of Hebrews, chapter number three, verse number, a little bit lengthy, starting in verse number seven down through verse number 13. Uh, the, the writer says, wherefore, as the Holy Ghost saith now, now, the writer, he has taken them all the way back to, 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 uh, to, to the wilderness, the 40 years of the wilderness. He says, as the Holy Ghost saith, today if ye will hear his voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. He said, when your fathers tempted me and they proved me and saw my works for 40 years. He said, wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, they do always err in their heart and, and they have not known my way. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Now he goes on and he says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. So this morning, I encourage you today to understand that today is a day of full surrender. There's never been a better day in your life than today to be fully committed to God.
Yesterday, I would have said the same thing. And if the Lord doesn't come today, I'll scream it from a thousand mountaintops that today is the best day to be fully surrendered to God. And the Holy Ghost may be at work in your heart. I, I kind of illustrated with my hands that little one puzzle piece that you're holding now just for the right time, just for the right day, just for the right uh, point in your life uh, to give it to God. But until then, you want to hold on to it. Can I tell you what? Today is the day to truly give it to God and let Him uh, take control fully of your life. Don't harden your heart to the voice of the Holy Ghost. As He begins to speak to your heart, follow Him wherever He may lead you. You see, it's so easy for us to be, to be tossed about with every, with every wind of doctrine, but when it comes to the Holy Spirit and that wind from another world pushing us in in the way that He desires us to go. So often we become so staunch in our stand uh, that we, we're, we're bowing up against the Lord and we're, as Paul, he was kicking against the pricks, but rather we should let the Holy Ghost blow us where He wants to. Yesterday, Brother David was raking up some 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 brush and and all of a sudden the wind started going and would you believe that wind started blowing exactly where he wanted that brush to go he got excited he said keep on wind he said you're helping me and that's the way the holy ghost will do if you're going in the right direction brother curtin that wind gets behind you then it's going to help you go but if you're, if you're, if you say that you're in the will of God and the wind from God begins to blow at your face, that means something, you're going in the wrong direction. And you need to stop and figure it out. And if it truly is, sometimes you need to stop and try the spirits, test the spirits, make sure it's the Holy Ghost. And if it is, you need to, you need to fall in and go where He's leading you. There's, I mean, we could look throughout. We've been studying in Bible college. Ashton has been studying with us about the life of David. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been dealing with Saul, King Saul. And king Saul could have been a great king. He was a great king, but had an evil spirit. And I believe it's just this past week it was. He, he was actually anointed to prophesy by an evil spirit. Think about that for a minute. He was anointed to prophesy by an evil spirit, Brother Jody. And when he began to do that, when he began to do that, all of his clothes came off. And he was revealed for who he truly was. If we begin to test the spirits, Either we'll reveal who they are, or if we continue to follow them, they will reveal who we truly are. But if we'll let the Holy Ghost lead our lives, and we'll follow Him, and we'll go where He leads us, then we have nothing to be uncovered. Y'all with me this morning? Don't harden your heart with the pleadings of other Christians. Verse 13, but exhort one another daily 
while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Through the deceitfulness of sin. There's several happenings this week. Some of you may remember Brother Benjamin Watson. He came to camp meeting year before this past, uh, I think by himself, and then this this year he came with his family. Big old tall fella, and uh, Benjamin was he from from I think Delta, Alabama, something like that. Just kind of out of the blue the other day, um, he sent me a, a message on Marco Polo, and he said, "Preacher, I just want to let you know I'm praying for you today. Don't know why God's got you on my heart." Sister Denise, I didn't know why either, but, you know, I was glad for it. But I, 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 it, it hit me last night. I didn't respond to him. I didn't respond to him. Twice yesterday, something told me I needed to reach out to Brother Will O'Neill. Reach out to Brother Will O'Neill and, and just let him know that I was praying for him. And I got busy two different times, and I didn't do that. Woke up in the middle of the night and remembered that. And this morning, it's kind of been on my heart. And, and, and again, got busy, didn't do it. So this afternoon, that's what i got to do. But sometimes God puts people on your heart for a reason. Sometimes that person that's on your heart, they don't know why it is. Maybe it's something they're going and, and I've needed those prayers throughout this week. Needed those prayers. At the time, I didn't. But since then, I've needed those prayers. But there's times that God puts people on our hearts and we're talking about exhorting one another daily. And we need to be obedient in those instances. There's people in this congregation today that needs to be encouraged and lifted up on a daily basis. There's, there's a young man, if, if I called his name, you would, you would know who he is. And I don't understand all of these things. I don't understand why he has good days, why he has bad days. But he made a statement earlier sometime in the week that he he was talking about something that happened some time ago. And he was saying that he was just having just one of those days. It was just a bad day. And I'm thinking, what in your life is so bad that you could have a bad day? And I, I guess in my, in Miss Irene, I was kind of being critical. And I didn't voice it, but in my mind, I was being critical. What in your life is so bad that you were having a bad day? And I could have been vocally critical about it, but I decided to keep it to myself. And as I kept it to myself, I began to remember some past conversations of some things that this young man dealt with, some things that he struggled with, and some hurt that he had had. And then I was glad that I did not say what I was thinking, because I don't know about y'all, but most of the time my first thoughts are wrong. Somebody say amen right there. And so I was glad that even though my wife wasn't involved in that filtering process, my filter for once worked. But instead, what I was able to do is try to encourage this young man. But Nick, sometimes, whether at school or whether at work, I know you you work some with your dad, and I know it's probably weird, but sometimes, just stop what you do and say, Daddy... Won't you know I've been praying for you today? I guarantee you, your daddy slapped three fat pine trees. Matt even scale one of them. Just because you're, you're not around the church, but you're exhorting 
the brothers. Ladies, you got three ladies right there on the second pew. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. You should exhort one another. Church, exhort one another. There's nothing wrong with picking up a phone with, in our modern, texting or sending a card. God help us to pick up a pen, a piece of paper, an envelope, and a stamp and write a letter to somebody. Say, hey, how's mom and them doing? It's been a long time. Write a letter. Send it in the mail. Mail lady might not know what to think picking up a letter from your house. Talking about being fully surrendered to God. Part of that is the fellowship with the people of God. We need to respond to the work of God. And then last and very quickly this morning, today is a day of fervent soul winning. For whatever reason, this has been been in my heart for some time now. But we need to win souls for the Lord. In Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, Paul is speaking to Timothy. He says, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Paul calls on, on Timothy, this, this young preacher, this young pastor, if I could say that, to do the work of an evangelist. And I, I believe that this is probably one of the most neglected things in the church. We keep the, we keep the church clean, we keep it painted, we, we, we do our best to keep things running in the church, we make sure that, that we've got what we need, the supplies what we need, we make sure the people are here, we make sure the preacher's preaching, but what about evangelizing our community? What about going out and telling men, women, and children about the Lord? This neglect now, I realize that we've got such a tremendous age group in here from, from in the eighties down to the, to the ones and the twos and the threes. I understand that. And the, the, the zeros, the, I don't even know where he would be, the, the, whatever. Talking about Luke. But I mean, you got, you got a tremendous age group, which is amazing. Not all churches have that. But if we were to go just like we were and, and everyone were to stay in this church and they were to grow up in this church, then eventually, eventually, and I realize the young ladies and the young men, they may get married and, and what, this is what scares me. Some of them may move away, not my children because I'll kill them. They may move away. But then some of them may marry and, and they may stay and they may start families and that may boost. But what about, what about someone else coming in? See, that, that's, that's where we're at now. The families that have been here for so long, they've just been, and I don't want to be off color, but they've just been reproducing within their own family. This family has been reproducing and reproducing and reproducing. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. We're still growing by that. But to evangelize means to get out of the walls 
and to go outside the the city, if you will, outside the church and bring folks in. Some are they're looking for they're looking back to those great evangelists in the past, and I'm being specific: great evangelists of the past. And, and, and a lot of us know many of them personally, or 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 just you know through through word of mouth. And, and you want what they had, and that's wonderful. And I hope you get what some of those men have. But what those men had, they got out of this word and by spending time with God in prayer. And Brother Kurt, I'm going to use that word, they agonized with God over the church. If you want what some of these older men had, you've got to get down to business with God. It cannot just be, God, give me what Sammy Allen had. God, give me what John Dent had. God, give me what Marion Adkinson had. God, give me what... No, no, no. You've got to get down. Well, David, you said it like this. We were talking, you were giving an illustration. Sometimes you've got to want it. When you agonize over something, you have a desire for it. You want it. Others are waiting for someone else to be raised up. You're waiting for someone else to go. Someone else to be that evangelist. You say, well, you're saying the word evangelist, and those are preachers. And and yes, uh, an evangelist is a preacher, but every one of us can do the work of an evangelist. Every one of us can go outside the walls of this church and spread the gospel. Do you realize that there was more gospel spread by lay members of the early church than there were by Paul and Silas and Barnabas and Timothy and Titus and Demas and all of those other men? There was more, more men, more women saved by the words of the church than there were by the words of the preachers. This morning, I encourage you today, if you will, know that today is the day, or it can be the day of fervent soul winning. We need to stop allowing the past or the future for that matter, to hold us back today. Because guess what? Unless unless the Lord returns, and I'm praying that He does, but unless the Lord returns, today will turn in tomorrow. And so you've allowed yesterday and you've allowed to tomorrow you've allowed tomorrow to dictate today. And today has been wasted by worry. And today has been wasted by, well, I just don't think I can do that. Or I'm too busy. Or or I don't have enough strength. Or I don't have the education. Or whatever it may be. And then today ebbs away. And it turns into tomorrow. And then all of a sudden it starts all over again. And before you know it, 
Every day. Every single day is a day that's been dictated by your past or your future. And you're always looking back on the good old days. Or you're always hoping for a better day to come when you're actually in the best day of your life. Let's stand. If we can get a song of invitation this morning. Our Father, we ask you now that you would take us into your care. I pray, Lord, that you would help the hearts of your people. Lord, if there's someone here that needs to be saved, Lord, would you just draw them to you? Lord, if there's someone here today that they need to fully surrender, Lord, maybe they're holding back some part of themselves from you. Lord, I pray that you'd pry their hands loose very gently, Lord, and allow them to fully surrender themselves to you. Lord, maybe you're dealing with somebody, and maybe you have been for some time just to go out and tell. Maybe you're calling someone to the ministry. I don't know. But Lord, maybe you're calling someone to do more for you. I pray that today will be the day, Lord, that they surrender to you. But Lord, I ask you today that you would instill in our hearts, Lord, that yesterday was wonderful and tomorrow may be, but today is the best day of the year. Lord, I pray that you would help us to live today fully in your will. We thank you, Father, and we praise you in Jesus' name.